Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. Um, I, I was reading an interesting book yesterday. Um, it was, it's called Deep Waters of the Well or something like that. I, I'm sure, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing the name well, but it's, it's one of my seminary books. And I think one of the wonderful things about, I think the best thing I have experienced in seminary is the teaching as well as the recommended reading the books, the material that I have been exposed to in one year three months of seminary 15 months has been there there are books that i'm i'm very confident i would never have come across any any other way there's no one that would ever have said oh let me read these books because the kind of books most of the time we read here christian books they're all books around different kinds of things let me just put it that way you know they're very different um these books are theological so it's really about you know, themes about the Bible, like maybe spiritual disciplines, biblical theology, you know, knowing God, who God is, the theology around God, the Holy Spirit, you know, the love of God. You know, it's it's very, very theological, very biblical, you know, really looking at the principles of God, the world, sin, you know, the gospel and all that. So it's not looking so much from the perspective of somebody's life even though it has illustrations from lived experiences of people, but it's very, very biblical, very scriptural, and then also uses church history, church writings, you know, apostolic writings, things that leaders of the church wrote over the years and all that. So it's very different because a lot of the books that you see around us, really, a lot of it is based on people's lived experience, and then people read, oh, this is such a fantastic testimony, you know, and then people sort of like, you know, sort of like connect to that somehow, which is nice, which is okay, but at the end of the day, somebody's testimony can only take you so far, you know what I'm saying, it's the word of God that will take you to the promised land, you know, so I prefer these books, and some of them have been really, really remarkable, this one that I read, and I really should be able to say the name properly, it's a book called Water from a Deep Well by Gerald Lawson Sitzer, I had to look it up, and um, it has... Well, it's about 365 pages, I think, about, yes, about that. It's not, well, well that's what is written there anyway, but um, it's, it, it, it's, it's about Christian spirituality. And what it does is that it has different, um, it, it writes about perspective from early matters, the Christian matters, and to modern missionaries, you know, and it shows different le- kinds of spirituality over the years of church history. So from um the days of the early church the people who were martyred immediately after the death of christ um, of christ um the early christians the you know those who later became the monastery age you know and then it, it introduced one a, a section of saints that of spirituality that i hadn't been acquainted to so with so apparently in the fifth or sixth century there were people who were known as desert saints People who, because they saw that they were very, very uncomfortable with the church, the way things had become very, very worldly and carnal and institutional and, you know, it was no longer about discipleship, it was just about money and power and all that. Doesn't that sound familiar? (laughs) And they then decided to just 
separate themselves and go into seclusion, into the desert or into the wilderness and live a holy life separate from God. And some of them lived maybe very isolated completely. Some lived maybe almost maybe like a commune, very small um, set of um, desert saints who would gather. They would be in seclusion, but they would come together for fellowship and things like that. I was fascinated with the concept. First of all, when I saw desert saints, I was like, I was, these people are in the desert, you know. I was prepared to hate it because what happened was every chapter has its own focus, you know, like focus on the matters, focus on the, um, on the early, on the modern missionaries, focus on desert saints, focus on, you know, different, the early church, different sections of spirituality, focus on the monks. And this one, I, I felt I wouldn't resonate with it, but my greatest shock was that as I started to read, and I, I was still, I'm still going to go and research about these desert saints. As I began to read it, I realized that I have been on the same journey for the last three years. You know, I, I, if you're someone who's been listening to this podcast and you've been on this journey with me somehow, in and out, or consistently, God bless you if you have been either way. You would notice that I've always been talking about the fact that I've been on a spiritual retreat for the past three years. And I remember I mentioned it once to a pastor who didn't understand why I had been out of circulation for so long. And I told him, I said, I just needed to get away. And he looked at me like I was some sort of a backsliding Christian and that kind of thing. But for me, I was like, well, you, you can't understand because you don't know what I'm dealing with. And you can't even help me, by the way. So... At this point, if what I'm doing is helping me, you are not even in a position to be telling me anything differently. But, you know, we left it at that. And, you know, if a couple of conversations I've had with some pastors as well along those lines. I've always been that. It's always come back. The why. They don't want to discuss the why I am in seclusion, why I'm in a retreat. They don't want to discuss the why should I even bother coming back. But... All they're concerned is about just come back. So when reading about these desert saints, I found out that it was sh- it was so shocking to me. I was reading while Gerald, um, the author, was writing about the motivation for why the desert saints went into the de- into the desert, into seclusion. It was like I was reading the story of my life. I was stunned. I was like, so there's even um, church history precedents for this kind of thing. I mean, even just reading their motivations about what was going on in the church and why they they felt the need to separate themselves. Oh my goodness, I could so relate. I could so relate. Even some things they wrote about the need for, you know, them realizing um, that suffering is a part of the call of, of the Lord and how the sufferings of Christ and being in that place where you can really, really begin to engage with Christ for who he is and you know, denying oneself and the flesh. And I know to some people, if you're not on that pathway, I'm going to sound really crazy. But all I'm saying is that I could relate with it. And I am in the 21st century. I live in Lagos, Nigeria. I live in a mega city. I live, you know, I live in the business district of a mega city. How is it that I could, I can relate with the motivations of 5th century saints, people who are 5th century Christians, I could so relate because I have felt this way. I have wanted to go away. I have thought, in fact, I've talked about it on this podcast. I have, I just didn't think it was possible. You know, it's not possible because I have my life here and people who have depend on me. But if it's in terms of the feelings, I have gone through the feelings. In fact, out of the 12 chapters of different 
level of spirituality and different classes of kinds of saints and um, disciple expressions that this book showed the one that i could resonate with the most based on my experience in the past three years is the desert saints because in this three years that i have been on spiritual retreat i have been more closer to god than i have ever been in my life and it was needful for me it has not been an easy journey it hasn't been a place of this seclusion hasn't been comfortable either but compared to what what i was when i started and you know it has become in fact it has become my 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 lifeline not just the process of seclusion but the seclusion in god the retreats from certain things and the cleaving unto God. And it was the Holy Spirit that led me on this journey. And Holy Spirit, please help me to say this properly so that I do not misrepresent what has happened. He led me on this journey after I had a severe faith crisis in my life based on something really traumatic that happened to me and to someone really close to me that just got me really in a place where I had to separate myself. It was clear. Nobody could help me. Nobody in the, you know... Nobody could help me in my faith circles. I had to separate myself. Thank God it happened during the time of the pandemic. So we were all separated anyway. So it was really, you know, it was very easy for me. And it didn't happen overnight. It was a progressive separation. And with time, it became clear what God was asking me to do. And I kept questioning and wondering whether it was just me, you know, my mind wanting to do it and all that. But... It just became more and I there were certain relationships oh Lord now I understand there were certain relationships he separated me from he told me to cut them off I didn't understand reading the desert so this is something you know and oh Lord reading that chapter these people did the same thing just that they had to physically go you know into a desert place but I have retreated that way the Lord has led me on that and when I look back at what he has achieved in my life, even the problem that led me on this whole situation, God dealt with it. After two years, in fact, I would say after maybe a year in seclusion, it took me about a year before I could get to the place where I realized that spiritual separation was necessary. You know, physical, emotional, spiritual. And I'm still on that journey. And I'm still struggling and wrestling with God with some of the separation that he's enforcing in my life. But this chapter that I read, and thank God that I... It's so funny because I had decided I was... So what happened? I was supposed to write a, a, a term paper summarizing my best chapters. I had already picked my best chapters because I couldn't read all. I needed to sub, um, sub, submit yesterday. And something just said I should read one more chapter. And I just went on. Thank God I didn't. In fact, now I'm going to make sure I read all based on this because I could have missed this chapter. And I needed this chapter. Water from a Deep Well by Gerald Sitzer. S-I-T-T-S-E-R. In case you want to get it it's on Amazon, you can get the Kindle version if you don't want it delivered. I mean, if you can't, you can get it instantly. And chapter 5 was what talk about this desert sense. What was amazing to me was their description of how what the church had become is exactly the language I had been using to describe the church in southern Nigeria that I had been seeing. 
it's exact. I mean, it's, I could have written the words in that page. And this man was just replaying what these people wrote in the 6th century. Now, the feelings that I have had, the journey that the Lord has been taking me on, he was describing it, describing what the desert saints were going through, what led them to their theology, their worldview, what they were learning from God, their vision of what it meant to follow Christ. That's exactly the journey I have been on. This is what God has been saying to me. Even as I'm speaking to you now, I'm like, this is so uncanny. I have to go back and read that chapter again because the similarities are just too much for me. So I, and, and then I have to end up and go back and talk to God and be like, okay, so what's really going on here? Where, where do we go from here? It's clear that there's something you've been very intentional about this. I thought this was just about me, but apparently this is a way... You have been working with saints at a particular time in history because what I noticed with the classic spirit, with the spirituality assessments across different um, times and centuries was that God works in a different way with certain groups of believers in reaction and in response and to counter what was going on in the world and in the church at that time. So for instance, with the early church, many of them paid with their lives. And it was necessary because it was the early time of the gospel. It needed to be the the way in which people would know Christians. It had they had to be they had to pattern the sufferings of Christ and die just like Jesus was killed. They needed to. They were they were matters that played with their blood. Now the desert saints. By the time of the desert saints, by the time of the desert saints, and I think this was all playing out in in Europe. I think you know. Or Europe, Asia, you know, I need to check exactly locations because I think some of them, some of them, some of these desert saints were in Europe, but I need to really confirm where they are because I, I, it's important for me to confirm. Um, but by the time of the desert saints, that become fashionable to be a member of the church, which is exactly how it is in southern Nigeria today. And it had, it, the church had become so prosperous and mainstreamed to the point that there was no differentiation. So it had become a come one, come all. The whole culture of discipleship, of living a separated life, a righteous, a holy life, was all gone. It was something else. Now, it was all about power, position, wealth, status, which is exactly what is going on in our modern day church today. And which is exactly what I have, my spirit has been rebelling and against. So these people wanted to, and you know, when you look at it, you would think these people separated themselves. But if I look at my own experience... You don't separate yourself like that. It's God that separates you. It's God that stirs you up. Because you you were in it, there has to be something that makes you start feeling uncomfortable in that space, which is what happened to me. It became clear, you know, and it was really, first of all, it was crisis for me, it was crisis-led. And this Desert Saints also talk a bit about that. They talk about the fact that just like Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered, the servant is not greater than the master. We also learn obedience through the things that we suffer. And, and these are things that are not even preached in modern day churches today. Particularly in charismatic and Pentecostal circles. It's like everything must be good, it must be fine, it must be wonderful, otherwise there is something wrong. Whereas the biblical, scriptural, apostolic way is a path of suffering. In fact, the Bible says that we should partake in the sufferings of Christ. 
and that anybody that has not partaken in the sufferings of Christ is not partaken of. You know, I mean, that's the scripture. That's the gospel. So the desert saints were people who understood that. So they were, they were called the bloodless martyrs because they lived like martyrs even though they didn't have to give their blood for it. So they, they, they sacrificed their lives in terms of, you know, making their lives an, a living sacrifice unto the Lord. And um, so the book, the chapter ended by saying that if you are living in the modern world today, you don't have to, of course, you don't really have a desert that you can go to, but that there was a way one could live a separated life if you find yourself in that kind of context. But uh, making sure that, you know, you are it's led by the Holy Spirit and that you are doing all that you need to do to separate yourself from the influence of the world, particularly when that influence of the world has even gotten into the church. And I think what was really um for me the acid test for me with the desert saints was that eventually there were some of them that were very seclusive spent a lot of time in prayer fasting you know meditation of scripture things like that and whenever people you got to a state people started seeking them out for prayers and things like that and when they started seeking them out miracles were happening these people would pray for people people would be saved they would be healed they'll be delivered so at the end of the day, these were not crazy men living within, you know, within the rocks and within the wilderness. These were men of God, probably in the similitude of, you know, like John the Baptist kind of anointing. So for me now, I'm, the way I'm looking at things is, okay, God, maybe this is, if this is something, there's a reason why you have separated me. So what is it? And I think this is what my journey in seminary is about because I am yet to fully understand how God wants me to express his gift in my life i am not i don't really understand i know that he wants me to do something for him and i'm you know but i sense and this is i wrote this in my term paper as well that i sense that i will have to sort of like cut off myself from my current life to be able to serve god fully because i think the things that hold me in this life are very strong and i i don't think there will be space it will be i will continue to struggle with god and God's purpose in my life. So I don't know how I'm going to I don't think on my own I can find that balance. Um but maybe God will help me. So this is a conversation that I have to have with the Lord. I just thought I should share that with you today. Because if you can find that book, go and look for it. If you're someone who is fascinated with church history, with spirituality and how Christians have served God and worked with God in different dispensations of time, I think you would enjoy reading it. I think what was most fascinating for me and i think seminary has really helped me with that is making me understand that a lot of what is going on in the church today and in our modern contemporary life is not so strange it has happened before the bible does say that there's nothing new under the sun and um, god always has his way you know of making sure that his work continues regardless and that he will always move in with people in different ways but all for the same purpose and all in fulfillment of his word and it's for us to be stay close to him, to his spirit, and see what God is telling us to do individually and collectively, but particularly individually, because for some of us, our pathways and our journeys will be will be will be different, you know. And so long as we are staying, you know, we are staying closely with the word, we're not being led away from the truth of the word of God. You know, it, it is a, we should embrace the journey. Because God knows what he's doing. For me, this is a big validation because all along, even though I knew it was God leading me, I didn't have any scriptural backing for what was going on in my life. 
and um, now that I have read this book it's making it easier for me to find that God connection what I'm going to do is I will look more spend more time studying the scriptures that they actually pulled together to show um, to justify you know this this separation but I think honestly I, God gave me scriptures as well so I knew because it's not so much separating yourself just for the sake of separation but it is separating yourself from the sin and from the idolatry wherever it may be the Bible doesn't make a distinction between idolatry in the church and idolatry outside if there's idolatry in the church you separate yourself anywhere you find people doing things that are not in sync with the Word of God you separate yourself if people are stealing money in the church you separate yourself from it if you see that is endemic and it is being preached and upheld by even the leadership you really need to separate yourself from it so that when the judgment of God comes it doesn't come upon you by mistake as well so but I will keep you updated. I just wanted to share this. Thank you very much for spending this time with me. May God help each and every one of us to find our paths in Him. He's all. This is what this is all about. And at the end of the day, you know, we are playing to an audience of one. It doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks of us or who we are and everything. It's what matters is what is God's assessment of the value and the worth of my life and how I have lived on earth. And may God help all of us who seek it. To be able to live on earth in such a way that at the end of it all, the Lord will welcome us with those very highly anticipated words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That is what I long for. That is what I pray for. That is what I yearn for. And that is what I'm walking towards. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.